And we welcome you into our KEJO studios in Albany. TJ Matthewson with you on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show. Well, it feels like so long ago since I was on this call-in show. Gone for a week. Appreciate John filling in for me last weekend when the Beavs took down Washington. Stayed at home, and we're right back here in the saddle as the Beavers take care of the Colorado Buffaloes 42-9. Not quite a score I don't think. I think 42 to nine has been done before. If I were to guess, uh, probably more often than you would think was at the game tonight. It was cold. Uh, not a fan of this fall weather. I, the summer weather can come back. The smoke can stay away, but the summer weather can come back. Dale's giving me who's screening the phone calls tonight, giving me the little, little violin to weep out my sorrows. But I will say I was, I was I I very much prefer that 80 degree weather we had last weekend. I don't know how warm how warm did it get down here last weekend? What? Oh yeah yeah okay so upper 70s low 80s and it was about the same out T-Mobile Park last Saturday and oh my goodness shorts and a jersey it's perfect perfect you could just sit and relax not sweating nothing it was great today I mean I broke out the vest and the sweater it was cold out there. But the Beavs, they weren't cold at all. They, uh, they looked very good tonight and did what we thought, I, I, I would say. I, I predicted a 31 to 10 win, uh, win, win, and it ends up being 42 to 9. So I was off by a combined 13 points. No, 12 points. Regardless, it was, you know, a, a pretty comfortable win, a, a sort of meh first half, really, a 21 to 3 lead. Excuse me. 21 to 3 lead at the half. And then those two really just explosive back-breaking plays to start the second half. Jack Velling. That was an awesome play. That 60-yard touchdown on a nice throw from Ben Goldbranson. Hung in there in the pocket. Had a little bit of pressure coming around the edge. Set his feet. Made a perfect throw to Velling. 20 yards down the field. Again, this after a holding penalty on a good run. That backed the Beavers up 10 yards. And Velling goes and he shoots a 60-yard touchdown down the field. And Velling breaking a tackle after he makes the catch about 20 yards. And then goes another 40 after the catch into the end zone for the touchdown. Nice to see in the absence of Luke Musgrave that Jack Velling, a true freshman. And for the first four touchdowns tonight, three of them were scored by true freshmen. That's a, that is a number right there. That's a, that, that is a good number. And especially against a team where you can kind of afford to let your young guys really flourish a little bit. We saw that from Damian Martinez tonight, 178 yards, three touchdowns. We saw a comfortable outing from Ben Goldbranson. I thought that was probably as well as he's thrown the football this season. Hung in the pocket, made some nice throws, uh, and did what he needed to do on offense to put up 42 points, or 35 points with a pick six. So I'm pleased with that. And I know it's been an, uh, sort of an up and down, I guess, start for Ben Goldbranson. And th- this is sort of the game where you can kind of, you can take, take the training wheels off a little bit and let him throw it a little bit. And that's what he did, especially on that touchdown to Jack Velling. So that's all I got initially. The defense played well. I expected a great defensive performance from Oregon State today. And they nearly outscored Colorado by themselves. What was that? And penalties, yeah. Penalties played a part, too. The, the, probably the sloppiest part of the game. Thank you, for Dale for, for, um, for adding that in. I was sitting next to John today, and he, he, he brought this up more than I did. Uh, in, in a game like this, a 24-point spread, I think it got down to 22-and-a-half at kickoff. Uh, you, you, you probably forget about the penalties because the game is really just out of hand. I mean, you, can, you could tell within probably the first quarter that Colorado just didn't have it. There's no no real explosiveness there. Uh, really just a rebuilding team and, and a team that looked like they fired their coach this year and a team that looks like they need a thorough rebuild. But 10 penalties for 77 yards for Oregon State. That's a blemish against a team, you know, that you should handily beat and you did handily beat. But, hey, if you're playing a better team, 10 penalties for 77 yards is going to kill you. <laughs> it is going to kill you and could be the difference between winning and losing a ball game. Who do we got first here on the Downward Dog phone line? Ryan is first. Uh, we will go to, to Ryan in a second. If you want to chime in here on the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show, brought to you all season long 
by Sherwin-Williams. The number to call or text, 541-497-5356. That number, again, is 541-497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Hey, TJ. Good. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. A little bit under the weather, but we're, we're managing through. Oh, man. Well, props to you for showing up anyway. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I'm doing fine. If I really wasn't good, I think I would have, uh, well, we might have had a situation tonight. Or maybe I would have done the show from home. I could have done it from my bed. I was kind of thinking about that, that I could have done that if it was really bad. But I woke up this morning. I felt good enough, and here I am. What do you got? What's on your mind tonight, Ryan? Well, um, I knew I had to get in early so that I could say what everyone uh, one else was going to say, and that's that finally Damian Martinez is getting the touches that he deserves. And it's clear that he should be the one handling most of the snaps because every drive that he's touching the ball, you have an explosive play that gets your offense going. Why haven't we been doing this the rest of the year? Blows my mind. Yeah, and I I think a little bit of that, Ryan, is early in the year, I think he was still adjusting a little bit to the college game, which makes sense. Uh, Again, just talking with John about this, he, he thought that Damien at the beginning of the year was being just maybe a little bit too hesitant and now he's really just, you know, trusting what he sees and really attacking it. And that's what we saw again here tonight. And it, it's really funny, just sort of the just buoy and carries. He, you know, it was only two games ago. He only got three carries against Stanford, albeit for, uh, I think, over 100 yards and a, and a touchdown. But uh, nonetheless, that was uh, th- just two games ago. But now 22 totes, 178 and three touchdowns, 8.1 yards a carry. It was nice to see. Yeah, I, I just hope that this kind of shows them that, you know, how much of a weapon they have in Damien and, and continue to use him because it's it's clear that they it, it gives a little bit of a boost to the offense and um, it's going to help you win games. I mean, what did he have, three touchdowns tonight? I mean, you can't argue with that at all. Yeah, he did have three touchdowns tonight. And I'll be interested to see. Uh, we didn't see any Deshaun Fenwick tonight. I assume he was hurt. Um, cause he didn't get any touches. Isaiah Newell and, uh, Kanoa Shannon got touches over him. So I'd assume he was uh, not available tonight, but I would agree. I, 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 I think that Damien has established himself as the guy, uh, Jonathan will get this question a week from Monday. Uh, there will be no press conference on Monday, but a week from Monday, he is going to get asked this question. I'm sure we'll, we might get a, a word. Uh, what's the right word? Word salad from him about, um, a running back trio again, but I think you're right. I think it's Damien's time to shine now. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, more power to him. I, I can't wait to see, to hear what Jonathan has to say about that, but um, yeah, I'm glad he established himself and um, that he's making a name for himself. A um, couple other things. I, I honestly, I feel a little bit bad for a Kyrie Fisher Morris, because I heard one of his dreams was to um, uh, be able to uh, hold up the turnover chainsaw, and his interception was brought back because of a bogus call. Um, and then I also um, don't feel great for Micaiah Tongue. Yes. Uh, I think that would have been his first I, touchdown I, and one of his only receptions of his career. Yep. And he had it in the bread basket. And well, it was a tough catch. I'll give him that. It was a tough catch, but he really had and just let go of it. it yeah, so I feel he bad was for open. those two guys, but good, ga- you know, good game regardless. But I feel bad for them. Yeah, that's it's tough, and sometimes that's just the game. And maybe the ball is a little slippery as well. But a year D one athlete, you should catch that ball. So it's uh, it's tough for them. Got anything else? Um, I think that's about it, TJ. Um, I I can't wait to see where the Beaver team goes for the rest of the year. Um, Watching this Cal Washington game, I honestly think that the Beavers might win by twenty. I, the Washington doesn't look that great right now, to be honest. Yeah, I saw six nothing when I was driving over. Let's refresh it: fourteen fourteen. Wow. Yeah, that is not 14. something I expected Cal to see. Cal looking not too bad at this point after losing to Colorado. Blows yeah. my mind. Wow, interesting. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm going to evaluate my pick on that, Ryan, when we see who starts at quarterback next week or a week from Friday. Um, so we will see. Uh, with that, Ryan, appreciate you calling in tonight. 
Thanks, man. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, Ryan. We got Andy next on the Downward Dog phone line. Of course, the number to get in on all the action here on the Beaver Postgame Call-In Show, 541-497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, all brought to you by Sherwin-Williams all season long on the Beaver Postgame Call-In Show. Let's go to Andy next. Andy, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good as always. TJ, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Well, I'd like to start off tonight with a little uh, riff on uh, a great Billy Madison quote. Um, And regarding us being bowl eligible for the second year in a row, and I know a lot of people around the country might say, so what? Any any program could do that. Well, it was hard for us, so back off. (laughs) Yes. Okay? I just want people to know that. Where this program has come from, I've harped on it many times to you. Don't need to recap everything, but I mean, come on. We, we, it was it was eight years without a bowl. People thought it could never be done. Gary said I hired the wrong expletive guys after he said we can't kick an expletive field goal. Yada yada yada. He thought Ryan Nall should play defense. Whatever. It was a dark <laughs> time. Okay, but here we are, and it really is incredible what Smith has done. So I just I just want to throw that out there. It gets easy as, as expectations change for us to focus on forecasting out towards the future, getting to an actual fun bowl besides the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, all that stuff. I'm on board. I want to win 10 games. But we need to take a pause and appreciate where we're at and that we're once again going to a bowl game. Yeah, and you know, talking to some people around the press box who've been around this program a lot longer than I have, uh, feel as, as you do, Andy, it is... Um, for a program like this that it, it, I once went 29 years without uh, a winning record, um, getting a, to the bye week uh, with bowl eligibility. And much earlier than last year, what are we sitting at right now? We are in week uh, week eight. It was week 10 last year when the Beavs uh, clinched bowl eligibility against Stanford. So, yep, a one-up there. Yeah, yeah, it feels it feels pretty good to have that locked up in October. A um, lot, lot left on this uh schedule. Um, there's, there's a lot of progress to continue to make. Um, I really do agree with a lot of what uh, Ryan said, Colin, and I appreciate hearing him every week. I do want to say, whoa, buddy, pump the brakes on the 20-point win in Seattle. I know Washington might look bad right now, but they are a totally different team at home. So I'm very nervous for, for that game. I've had that as a loss all along just to keep my emotions in check. Hope we can get it done. I will be up there, actually, in person, undercover. I have a buddy on the on the UW coaching staff, so I'll have to be on my best behavior. But uh, <laughs> pump the brakes on that. What he said regarding the running game, absolutely correct. It, it was great to see um, Jam and uh, Damian get the bulk of the carries, especially Damian. He's starting to bust out. We can, we can see what all the hype was about. And really, every... Beaver team as far back as I can remember since the turn of the century has had a running back that can hit explosive plays. I mean, that's, that's a huge factor for this team and being successful. I think the only time I don't remember having a running back that was at least a threat to hit a home run was probably uh, Stormwoods um, in that, that ghastly 2017 season when, again, when Gary thought that Ryan Nall should play defense until the Civil War. So um, that puts it in perspective. It's something we've always had. And so he's starting to break out. Really excited about that. Um, yes, of course, Jack Velling, again, taking another step. Um, dare I say he is yummy at the tight end position. <laughs> well, that's, a, uh, that's certainly one way to look at it. And it would just be so great if Luke was healthy and we could see both these guys out there on the field. Now that we actually know what a true freshman in Jack Velling possesses, because I don't think we'd get to see it if if, uh, if Jack or Jack uh, Luke Musgrave was healthy. Uh, Jack, I don't know how much he would have seen the field, but it, it's good. It's nice to see that in a in a good outlook on the future of the program. Absolutely, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's a bummer not having Luke, and we were really. I felt like after the first two games, he was he was in the zone and gonna really take the step we had all been waiting for him to do, like kind of the last three years to be that dominant receiving threat who can just take over games. Um, but in that, yes, it's disappointing. We lost him, but you discover Jack, who's kind of a surprise onto the scene here. And, uh, you know, we add maybe five more of those guys and we got Oregon's tight end room. I hate to say, but, uh, that, that really rubbed me the wrong way today. Those guys are deep. They look good, but Hey, 
in Reser, you know, yep. several weeks from now, I think, I think there's still a chance. So that'll be another day, but excited where the program's headed. You know, um, Ben managed the game all right. Still would like to see some things for him. But I think overall we have to feel pretty good about where this team is at, 6-2, and two, with winnable games left on the schedule. And still, um, you know, as big of a blowout as today was, still a lot of room for improvement. And I think they can um, continue to improve. And let's not forget that Cal team that is, is running the ball all right on Washington right now only ran for like 30-some yards on Colorado. Yeah, I think it was 35. So, um yeah, so it, that that bears a, a, a note um, there because as bad as Colorado is, they worst out against Cal last week, and so there does look like there's some potential to move the move the ball um, in two weeks up in Seattle. But love where the team's headed. Excited for the future. Grateful for where we're at, and uh, go Beats. Thanks, Andy. Always appreciate the call. Thank you, TJ. Have a good night. All right. Good to hear from Andy. You can chime in like Andy and Ryan on the Downward Dog phone line at 541-497-5356. Or you can text in like many have already on the University Honda text line, 497-5356. All I'll say, I need to look at the Ducks' schedule, see if the likelihood of this. So if the Beavs win at Washington in two weeks, I think there's a pretty solid chance that Oregon State will win out to the rivalry game. Pretty solid. Not 100%. You never know. But watching this Oregon State team at Reser this year, I don't think it's a stretch to say they couldn't beat Cal. Arizona State might be tough. Down in Tempe, sometimes a little tough for schools up in the, in the north to go to a late-season game down in the desert and win. But Oregon State is more talented than, than ASU is. They have the better coaching staff than ASU does. So I, I don't think it would be a stretch. Oregon State will be favored in that game. So I don't think it's a, a real stretch to say that Oregon State could win out this year and have a, what would it be, 9-2 and two versus probably 10-1 and one Duck team at Reser on November 26th. And that would be game day, would it not be? I... Someone think of uh, of another rivalry that would have that high of stakes if it were to be that, if both teams went out. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I'm just saying, we look at the Ducks' schedule at Cal next week, at Colorado, home versus Washington, home versus Utah. That Utah game might also be a game day. We don't know. But if Oregon wins all of those games, what are they going to be? Five? Maybe? Maybe higher? Say Oregon State jumps into the poll this week. Uh, well, I don't think so, unfortunately. I, I just don't think there are enough people that watch this game. Unfortunately, the Beavers are a top 25 team. Don't let that fool you. Don't let the AP poll fool anybody. They are a top 25 team. They just might not get the recognition of a top 25 team. But there's a very real chance that we'll have 10-1 and versus 9-2 and here at Research Stadium on the 26th of November. That could be game day. We're going to leave that call to the next segment. Let's get through a text or two here before we take our first break. Josh from Sherwin-Williams texting in. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate the sponsorship for this show. Keep us rolling throughout the 2022 season. Josh, happy to see Damian Martinez get so many carries. Should clearly make him running back one. Agree. Jack Velling is a weapon. Keep feeding him. I'm curious to see the volume of what Jack Velling is going to get. Tonight, Jack Velling uh, clocked. Just one catch. That was his only catch. I, I had to make sure that wasn't, uh, wasn't seeing things. Nope, that is correct. One catch for 60 yards. He was um, out-targeted by uh, Jake Overman, another tight end. So it'll be interesting. I still think they're going to kind of ease him along, but I, I don't disagree. I think Jack Felling might be the best guy of the group, a guy from my hometown of Seattle, Washington. What do you go, Seattle Prep, I think? Ballard High School Beaver, myself, uh, in the same conference. Uh, third note, he adds, as good as our defense has been, and it's been great, they need to clamp down on those receivers a little bit more. Wide open buffs, mostly in the second half. Bray will get that fixed, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's kind of strange because the secondary is really the strong part of this unit. And a couple times, you know, Colorado did flash open, but the execution really wasn't there on the uh, Buffalo offense to get, um, to get that due. And then final note, he said the Beavs are bowling. That is. Susie texts in, good to meet you today, Susie. 
um, earlier today before the game. We're at the uh, Learfield tailgate getting some uh, some food before the game. Uh, what did Susie add in here? 88 degrees at game time last week. Oh, that sounds so nice. So much better than what we had today. Although I will say, even I'll be at a temporary press box. The heating in there was uh, it was perfect. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was great. I'm curious to see how it will be when the temperature goes down. But nonetheless, it was pretty good. Thank you for that, Susie. Let's take a break. When we come back, we got another call to get to. You're welcome to call or text in. Downward Dog phone line, University Honda text line on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show. 541-497-5356. Again, get in on the action while you can. 541-497-5356. Talk to you in a bit on 1240 Joe Radio. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, it's the Kubota L-Series Tractor. It's part of a Kubota tractor lineup that's rated number one in durability and owner experience. The durable Kubota L1 features powerful diesel engines and is easy to operate. Visit Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent or go to lynnbentontractor.com. Lynn Benton Tractor, we're still doing business the American way. Alirica Networks serves the heart of Oregon with high-speed local internet. Alirica uses the same high-speed internet they provide you, with no data caps, no added fees, no taxes, just honest, friendly internet. And no surprises, that's their promise. For rural, home, or business, Alirica keeps you connected with consistently reliable internet that meets your needs. Serving the Willamette Valley for over 20 years, Alirica always goes the extra mile for their valued customers. Call Alirica at 541-929-3330 or learn more at alirica.com. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. At Dave's Performance Hybrids, you'll not only get the best value for your dollar, you'll also get an auto expert every time you come in. Dave's has over 140 years of combined experience under one roof and was voted the best auto repair shop in the Valley by Willamette Living Magazine. Check out Dave's satisfied customer Google reviews and trust your next service or repair to Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 and Albany online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Back here on the Beaver Postgame Call-In Show, 1240 Joe Radio. TJ Matthewson with you on the program. Del Hummel in here helping out as well on the phone lines. Those phone lines, the Downward Dog phone line, that is, 541-497-5356. You can call in and Tell me what you think about the Beavs and the Colorado Buffaloes. The Beavs taking care of Colorado 42-9 and clinching bowl eligibility at the bye week. That's refreshing to say. No stress. No, no having to wait to week 10 in a home game against Stanford like they did last year. Instead, you get to clinch it uh, and sit and celebrate for an entire week. Let's get to a couple more texts. Um, Andy Texan, is that Josh from Sherwin-Williams? Hold on, Josh. Uh, Andy says, is that Josh from Sherwin-Williams? Uh, Josh Warden. Uh, no, it is not. Uh, I saw Josh Warden tonight. Um, he was doing stats. He was bundled up. Josh, uh, if you're listening, I know it was really cold out there. Should have just... I don't know why they stick the stats people outside. Josh, I, I feel for you. <laughs> it looked cold out there. Uh, I would have been... I would probably be sitting here shivering if I was sitting outside that entire game. I'm not going to lie. Um... Let's get to some other texts. A- Andy, I'll read the rest of your text when uh, we get to it. Uh, 541 number text in that USC loss hurts more and more each week. Yeah. Um, seven, it could be seven and one right now, right? Seven and one, you're e- probably easily in the top 25. And again, could be on a clash course for 10 and one, 10 and one, and then a no doubt game day appearance uh, on the final week of the season if you went out. That's, yeah. Uh, it's hard, but that's the sport, right? Player, uh, you know, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, they made the play at the end of the game. Uh, let's see. Next texture, also a 5-4-1 number. On the ball to Tongue, defender got a piece of the ball. Yes, he did, but I still think he should have caught it. I th- it was in his hands, like fingers around the ball, caught. I think he should have caught the ball. Um, thank you to that texture though. I didn't see that. I, I didn't peek up at the replay at that one. Um, yeah, but that was interesting. Uh, let's see here. Uh, who, 
Do we have a name on this texture here? No, I don't. A um, couple of texts from last night, but now we got one tonight. Uh, was punter green and kicker McCormick because of injuries or the score? I'm going to say score. Fenwick was somewhat limited in practice per Jonathan Smith. Then it would make sense to hold him out, essentially give him a two-week break, especially when you're part of the probably deepest position group on the team. It doesn't help. Uh, Trello may be back for you, Dub, as well per Mike. Supposedly our best blocker-receiver combo. I know he is the best pass blocker uh, and probably also the best receiver as well. So he would probably be in there on third downs like he was much of last year. Um, so that'll be good to see. And again, I still don't think we know anything about Luke Musgrave. Again, they still haven't ruled Luke out for the season, which makes me think he's going to come back eventually. If he was out for the season, I feel like they would just announce him out for the season. Alas, what do we know in this world? Uh, now we can get to Andy's text. Always wondered what he did. Um, <laughs> oh, this is funny. Okay, this is back to the Sherwin-Williams one. Josh Warden, if you're listening to this, you'll chuckle and enjoy this one. Uh, maybe Josh from Sherwin-Williams, too. He says, in quote, uh, is Josh from Sherwin-Williams Josh Warden? Always wondered what he did for his day job. <laughs> so, Josh, maybe that could be your future career. Or maybe you're just your side hustle alongside broadcasting. I know it's not always the best paying things. So you might need something stable during the day to supplement your, your nightlife. <laughs> That's funny. Um, he said, P.S. Love him uh, on Oregon State as uh, social media uh, telling us about the game day experience. He's a real gem. Yes, I do. I saw those videos. Took over for Hadley Heck. Hadley now up at Washington uh, now. Josh has done a really good job on those. I do really love those videos. I think fans like them a lot, too, as Andy says. Uh, a lot more of a visual um, attachment uh, to sort of enhancing the game day experience and good experience on camera for a lot of, um, a lot of people and not traditional TV news. We talk about this sort of new age of journalism. That is one of the ways, right? It's this little one minute sort of newsy clip that you can do in very high quality. Uh, and it goes out on social media. Easy peasy. Uh, we got two calls lined up. I believe Tyler is first. Let's go to Tyler on the downward dog phone line. Tyler. Good evening. Hello, TJ. Have you recovered from your 18 inning marathon yet? Um, yes, it took a little bit. It was uh, pretty crushing on Saturday, but again, I, I was telling Dale before, before the show went on, uh, I was expecting to lose that series. So it didn't hurt quite as much. It kind of, you know, it just hurt because the opportunity was there, uh, not because it wasn't the outcome I expected. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, let's see. I, I had a couple of thoughts I was interested in poking on, but you have this uncanny knack for like getting them on, getting them onto the show like five seconds before you get to me. So I'll uh, keep things a little more. Uh, you can repeat but, them. I'm curious to see where we overlapped. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. I'll go with the other things first, and if I uh, have time, I'll circle back around to them. Um, let's see. First off, I thought. I mean, like, I was very happy with the way we played tonight, but I wasn't, like, overjoyed. I wasn't, like, overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I guess you've said this before, but it just felt like, well, it felt like they just went out and took care of business, which is a good thing. I mean, it means the uh, program's gotten to the uh, point where they're able to go out and uh, deal with an inferior opponent the way they should deal with an inferior opponent. Well, they did cover the spread, so in Vegas's terms, they won. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, at the same t uh, same time, yeah, I know a lot of people are quite happy with the uh, way we were looking tonight, but keep in mind, it is also Colorado, so take it with a grain of salt. There is, they, Colorado made a few mistakes. I mean, there was a lot of uh, dumb penalties on their side, uh, side as well. I think the... Uh, my thoughts are a little bit jumbled on this, but I think the uh, uh, best way to say this is, like, there was a lot of stuff Oregon State did uh, did well, and the stuff they didn't do well didn't didn't hurt them, but it's stuff is like, ooh, that could have been better. Yeah, I will agree. I don't think it was perfect. But, again, we I think I've brought this up a, a few times, and we don't have to look at everything through the Vegas eye. But the Vegas people are very smart with the way they look at football mm -hmm. games. They thought Oregon State was 24 points better 
than Colorado today. And the Beavers won by 33. So they beat that number out of the water. And we can, it, it, it is rare in any sport ever that a team plays a perfect game. Um, and for Oregon State's sake, sometimes it just works out this way. You played an imperfect game against a vastly inferior opponent and still win by 33. I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I think so. I think the uh, defense played uh, almost perfect for the most part, except for a couple of uh, untimely penalties on that one touchdown drive. I think they were nearly perfect. Also, I want to point out I was – Pretty happy with the uh, with the uh, kicking in the uh, kicking kicking team, especially except for the uh, one kickoff where the uh, where they had a penalty that moved it back 15 yards. I think um, everything Saffington hit went into the end zone, which is a lot better than we've had in some years. Yeah, and I. I don't think we can over or underestimate the the importance of just driving the ball through the back of the end zone uh, and not giving uh, the opponent an opportunity to return it because kickoffs are really sort of random per se, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would just like the sure thing and you'd rather them just set up on the 25-yard line. I thought that was good. We didn't really see anything from Sappington. I don't – did they attempt a field goal today? I don't think they did. Um, uh, 42 points. No, no, I don't oh, think, yeah, no, I, don't I didn't think, think so. there was a field goal today. So we didn't really get to see that. My, my sort of concerns with Sappington are when he actually has to kick a field goal and not an extra point, but on kickoffs. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. Let's see. Well, I hopefully his comes back soon. So we won't have to worry too much about that. Um, let's see. I'm going to reiterate what some other callers have said already. Already, the Pac-12 is a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde league. Everybody is complete, plays completely different at home as they do on the road. That includes Oregon State. That includes Washington. So what you're seeing right now is not what you're going to see on the field in two weeks. The uh, first team, I think, that's going to be able to solve that little like home road juxtaposition is probably the one that's going to end up winning the conference. That's probably true, and it... I know people are going to really just hate me for saying this on this show. It could be the Ducks, but we'll see. Because um, mm-hmm. it could be. I mean, that 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 rivalry game's good, and they looked really good this week. But that's uh, that's well, all I'll say. And we, we still have, own... I say we still have a lot of they're schedule wrong. left, and they still have to play Utah. So that'll be a good one. Yeah, I would also I would also remind everybody. Let's see, they were within inches of losing in Coleman too. So that is true. You're you're not wrong on that. And again, there's still plenty of schedule to be played uh, mm-hmm. left. Tyler, uh, got anything else for me? Yeah. So I also agree with a couple of things you were saying. Ten and two is definitely on the table. It's. I also think. Let's see. I also, you know how I look at Bill Still every week. He also has like a game grade thing he does for every team every week. And let's see, he, according to his metrics, Oregon State is playing like a top twenty-five team, actually number twenty-five. And I think it's not out of the question that uh, Oregon State, if they keep playing to the level they're capable of, could definitely end up in the top twenty-five by the end of the year. If you end up with a uh, Top twenty uh, in the top twenty-five and ten and two, regardless of what happens ahead of you, I'd say that's a, going to be a pretty good season. Yeah, pretty good. I think pretty good might be an understatement in that, Tyler. From especially from where this program uh, has been, and mm-hmm. again, the AP poll really is just irrelevant. It 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 serves no purpose besides boosting television ratings. Now that's it. Anything else? Yeah. The uh, let's see. You mentioned game day. They're the only way they're going to even sniff coming over here for what we like to call the civil war, even though we can't officially do it anymore is uh, if something happens with Ohio state and Michigan, because oh, if it yeah. doesn't, they're right. going there. Right. Yes. You got that. Thank you for reminding me. I was trying to think on the fly, what other ones could be, but that's going to be it. Yeah. Cause I think those two teams could be one and three, one and two uh, at that point of the season. So that'll be curious to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, let's see. Everybody have a happy Halloween and until you're off week. All right, Tyler. Appreciate it. Good meeting you today. Um, that's Tyler there on the Downward Dog phone line. Let's get another break here. We have some more texts coming in. We also have Paul on the line. We do have one other line open, the Downward Dog phone line at 541-497-5356. 
can get in on the action. 497-5356 or on that same number on the University Honda text line. This is the Beaver Post Game Call-In Show right here on 1240 Joe Radio. Hey, this is Jake with Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai. The regular maintenance of your vehicle is essential to the longevity and performance. Our team of master technicians can service all makes and models and will get you back on the road in no time. It's easy to schedule with us, either online or just give us a call, and we can schedule your service within days, not weeks or months. We offer shuttle rides and complimentary washes with every service, and we're open on Saturdays. As always, our diverse sales staff is here to provide the very best customer service to you. We're Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai on San A.M. Highway across the street from the Fred Meyer. Is your heating unit past its prime or in need of service? Middleton Heating is the Willamette Valley's choice for furnace installation and service, solving customers' heating needs with a 100% satisfaction guarantee since 1949. Get your heating system ready for the cold winter months. Middleton Heating, serving Lynn Benton and Lincoln Counties. Take a look at the beautiful showroom of inserts and freestanding gas stoves located at 6th and Washington in Corvallis. Call Middleton Heating to take advantage of energy rebates and tax credits. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Have you been putting off that remodeling project have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done for over 30 years people in the mid valley have been going to corvallis floor covering stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet countertops wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know love and gotta have they're on the corner of second and van buren downtown or log on to corvallisfloorcovering.com shop local shop corvallis floor covering and go beeps Back here in our KEJO studios, the Beaver postgame call-in show brought to you by our friends at Sherwin-Williams. TJ Matthewson with you in studio alongside Dale Hummel. Beavers win and become bowl eligible right before the bye week. 42-9 to against the Colorado Buffaloes. The Beavers, most importantly, cover the threat. I think the total went over, though. The total was around 50. Uh, the total goes over. The Beavers cover. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I know you can't on uh, mobily bet on college sports in this state. You can go up to Spirit Mountain and bet on college sports, but you cannot do it mobily. But I guess that's my uh, my betting um, my betting bit for 30 seconds here on the post game Colin show. Let's go to Paul, who's waiting patiently on the Downward Dog phone line. Saw Paul earlier in the Beaver Bookstore today. Paul, how are you? I'm good. Hey, and you can go to uh, Three Rivers in uh, Florence too and bet on sports. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, well, like I don't bet on sports, but uh, just a, a caution, Rand, the first caller was named Randy, right? Uh, it was Ryan. Ryan. Well, he, 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 uh, God, the running back's name. Damien. Number six. Martinez. Martinez got his, all those rushing yards against an inferior defense. So I don't think we should expect him to do that every game. I mean, I, I agree he should be the number one back, you know, and and bringing in Jam Griffin to be, you know, just to spell him, right? Uh, yeah, but, uh, that was an inferior defense, and right. uh, if you got any kind of an offensive line like we got, you know, it uh, they they blocking good, and and he he hit the holes really fast, and 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 that was a good thing, but I don't think we should uh, look at that for every game. Yeah, and I, I think Jonathan th- will think along those lines, maybe not a not just because they're facing an inferior opponent, but because he likes his stable of running backs. He wants to use them all, and we saw that today. I know the game got out of hand, but they went four deep on the running back chart with one guy not even playing in Deshaun Fenwick. I'm assuming he was just out due to injury, maybe illness. I'm not sure. He was, a, uh, per the text line, he was uh, limited this week. Uh, I didn't catch that, but... Well, he might he might have been dinged up just a little bit, and they didn't really need to use him. No, they they really didn't, and they they went over Colorado's I guess per game rushing average. I think Colorado was giving up uh, two fifty, um, and the Beavers rushed for two seventy. Of course, that number went way down uh, from last week when Cal, excuse me, only rushed for thirty five yards, and. Um, Really brought that average down, I think, from 294 to 254, uh, which was pretty extreme. But nonetheless, the Beavers did what they should have tonight, really, on the running game. That, that is what they should have done, and they did it. So, 
<laughs> that, that's about all I got. But uh, I, I do agree there will, I think, to be some caution as well. Not wanting to overwork a true freshman as well. Exactly. And, hey, I'm, right now I'm watching our next two opponents play each other. How are they looking? Well, Washington scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and it's 28-14. to 14. But When I turned it on, it was tied 14-14 with a couple of minutes to go in the third. Yeah, I'm not really buying much of Cal. I don't think the Beavers will have too much of an issue with Cal here at home. I think anyone the Beavers play here at home, they have the utmost chance to win that game. We've seen it this year. We just saw it tonight. Uh, We'll see it in their toughest matchup against Oregon last week of the season. Um, Washington, though, again, the defense on the road has really not been the same. That's my only concern, and they'll face one of the better offenses in the conference. How many yards does Penix have tonight? Let's see. Uh, Penix at 361, two touchdowns on 47 attempts. He's going to get his yards next week. It's just going to be up to the Beavers to stop them from getting in the red zone. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to figure out what uh, how how good Washington is because they've been up and down a little bit. But they got the same record as we do, and if they, they win this game, they're, they're bowl eligible also in October. Thanks for pointing that out, Paul. I didn't even really realize that. I'm going to click on them. Yeah, they're about to be 6-2 and two as well. It seems a little bit more underwhelming than that. I thought they were maybe around 4-3 and three at this point, but nope. Uh, and they're only two losses this year. They did lose to my alma mater, Forks Up, uh, down in Tempe earlier this month. Uh, and then they also lost to UCLA, although only by one possession. So uh, that was interesting. Right. And we, we, should, we should be able to go down to Arizona State and beat them too. I mean, I... Did you see the Stanford score? I can't believe Stanford yeah. scores 16 and 15 and wins both games. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I, I thought it was Arizona State scored two touchdowns in the first half and did not score for the final 44 minutes uh, of that game. Stanford won that game on five field goals. Um, I, didn't, I haven't read up too much on that game uh, from an ASU standpoint, but the offense with Emory Jones really didn't seem like it was working too much. I saw some people suggest that the guy that beat Washington, Trenton Borgo, uh, I believe his name is pronounced, um, should go. I'm not sure who would start at quarterback in that game. But if, if I'm just thinking about it, Paul, in a talent perspective, I think the Beavers are a more talented roster than ASU is. Um, this is a really, you know, just sort of downtrodden ASU roster. Had a lot of guys leave in the transfer portal um, after last season. So it's really sort of almost a bare-bones roster um, that I think Oregon State has the upper hand in. We don't know anything about home field advantage, right? I, I think Tyler mentioned that, you know, it's been really just cannibalizing of teams on the road um, and teams at home playing a lot better. Um, so that would probably be the game you kind of look over, and that is the definition of a trap game. Well, it, it could be, but uh, it, it's, it's down the road. It's right before the Oregon game. So uh, yeah. hopefully uh, – we're up for it, to even even not even thinking about Oregon. I think Jonathan Smith can 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 keep their heads in the game, so to speak. Yeah, but I, Remy, I think you, you guys ever thought about just giving us Jack Coletto's statistics after game? I think they had to have a, a Jack. Uh, <laughs> I think five they rushes, a, seven a, yards, Paul. What? Five rushes for seven yards. I can look at his defensive stats here in a second. Uh, I mean, they need to have those. They need to have all of his stats. You know how many how many plays did he play on defense? How many plays did he play on offense? How many tackles did he make? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Just just the whole, you know. <laughs> yeah, Swiss I, Army knife uh, statistics. They don't show us snaps on stat broadcast, but five carries for seven yards and then five total tackles for Jack tonight. <laughs> He's, he's amazing, I tell you. He is. And just to see guys playing both ways, I mean, I see it all the time at the high school level, but once you get to college, you play one way. You don't want to burn yourself out playing both sides of the football. And Jack does it great. He's a great player on both sides. Got anything else, Paul? And he doesn't do any more snaps than, than say, the guys in the offensive line or the defense. You know, the defense is the defensive line, the, they're, they're changing them. And so everybody plays about half of the snaps. And I don't think Jack Coletto plays more than half the snaps. It's uh, just where he plays them. that's so yeah. much different. And Coletto, a forced fumble as well. Thank you for Andy for reminding me of that. I did not look all the way over to the right on the score sheet. He did have a forced fumble tonight. So he did it really. That's did it right. all. He forced that fumble down on about the, what the, uh, down around the 10 yard line. When, uh, after, uh, uh, Colorado completed those two passes. Yep. Yep. That was a big play. It was, and then we went right down and we scored on it. 
Sorry, Paul. Just calm well, down here for a that's second. That's all I got. It was in it. It was a fun night. It wasn't all that cold, uh, even where I was sitting with no heater. You know, you were just over there a little ways with the heater. Yeah. Well, I think it might just <laughs> have to no, be I that I'm a little it wasn't bit too under the cold, weather. And it only got help. a little skip of rain right before halftime, and that was it. It wasn't even enough to get us wet. I know it was remarkably dry tonight. I was expecting much more rain. It was sunny when we got there. I got there around 12 o'clock to set up for the tailgate show. Um, it was sunny then. It was really cloudy and windy when we got out. But then throughout the game, you know, it was still cloudy. The sun came out a little bit in the first quarter. But otherwise, I thought it was a, a decent weather night. It was. Yep, yep. It was a surprise. It really a surprise for what the weather forecast was telling us. Yep, me too, Paul. Got anything else? California just scored a touchdown. Oh. <laughs> what was, oh, I think the spread was only a touchdown, though. So I don't know if they're covering it. It might have been six and a half when I checked. Oh, so. well, they got a... I called back by a penalty. Well, that's a shame. That's a real shame. There's six minutes. Excuse me, seven minutes to go in the game. All right. Well, I'll keep an eye on it, Paul. Appreciate you calling in. All right. Thanks, man. Adios. Thank you, sir. Talk to you during the week. That's Paul. Good to hear from Paul here on the Downward Dog phone line. We got one more one more break to take. We'll take it here in a second. Uh, if you want to call in, there's two lines open, 541-497-5356. The Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line here on the Sherwin-Williams Beaver postgame call-in show. Last chance, uh, per se. We got a couple texts to get to. Let's get to those. Uh, Silas Bolden, touch uh, touches to touchdown ratio has to be high. Thank you, Merrill. Much more running backs evolved in a passing game tonight, like the swing passes to Jam and screen it to Martinez. Velling, catch and run, best tight end catch since Joe Newton. Thank you for that, Merrill. Um, that was the longest catch since 1996 for a Beaver tight end. I cannot remember the name of the guy who had it. It was a 73-yarder, I think, at 99. Mike would know. Uh, you guys probably know. I see a caller coming in. We'll probably take that call uh, on the other side of this break. I'll let Dale answer it, though. If you know the name of that tight end, please let me know. It is the longest, though, touchdown reception, or not touchdown, just longest reception by a tight end for Oregon State since 1996. Thank you for that text, Merrill. Uh, let's see, who do we got here on this text? I don't see a name here. Oh, I think Mitch Cannon. Oh, Mitch, that's a Mitch Cannon. Uh, okay, well, let's read this text <laughs> before we get too ahead of ourselves. Um, oh, Andy texted in the person. Who was it? Marty Maurer. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate the the save there, keeping me in check. Uh, I want to know who is in charge of hiring Jonathan Smith. Uh, that would be Scott Barnes, and who is the president then of the university? I don't remember. I think she was he, whoever the one I think was left go. I I don't know because whoever that was, that was genius. Obviously, Oregon State had to buy a really bad contract out when it comes to the guy that likes to take his big boy pants on. The program is in good hands, big time. Jonathan Smith is money, and so is Mitch Canham. Thank you, Texter, from the 541. Uh, Josh from Sherwin-Williams texts in. This is for you, Josh Warden, if you're listening. He says he's always hiring at Sherwin-Williams. There we go. Day job acquired there, Josh. <laughs> you get you get put to the front of the line if you want. Uh, get putting in some work for you here on the Beaver Postgame Colin Show. Brought to you, of course, by Sherwin-Williams. Dev Hendr- uh, Hendrickson texts in. Amazing what Smith and this staff has done with this program. The future is bright with young playmakers like Bolden, Martinez, uh, Velling, and Griffin. So let's get that true freshman touchdown number. I believe it was four. True freshman. Um, And if you want to include redshirt freshman, a touchdown pass from Ben Goldbrandt, that would be five. So you could say freshman, quote-unquote, five of the six touchdowns they were responsible for tonight. What was the seventh one? Or sixth one, if I have my math right. Let's go count some touchdowns here while I... um, Oh, it was the pick six. There we go. That was not, Alex Austin is not a freshman, so that doesn't count. Uh, But that is what it is. We got a few more texts to get to and a call to get to. Uh, We'll take our last break. If you want to jump in on the Downward Dog phone line or text in on the University Honda text line, we'll hear you out. 541-497-5356. On the Beaver Postgame Call-In Show, brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, 1240 Joe Radio. 
Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. At Dave's Performance Hybrids, you'll not only get the best value for your dollar, you'll also get an auto expert every time you come in. Dave's has over 140 years of combined experience under one roof and was voted the best auto repair shop in the Valley by Willamette Living Magazine. Check out Dave's satisfied customer Google reviews and trust your next service or repair to Dave's Performance Hybrids. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Do you ever experience headaches or how about back pain? Here at Horesco Chiropractic, we truly believe that everybody deserves to live a life without pain. Our doctors will get to the root of your condition and create a custom treatment plan to help you get back to living the best version of your life. Our patients often say how amazed they feel to live a life with less pain after they have experienced how effective chiropractic care is. Start on the journey of improved health by giving us a call today or visiting our website at horesco.com. Horesco Chiropractic in Corvallis. We really can make a world of difference for you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Back here on the Beaver Post Game Colin Show, one final segment from our KEJO studios in Albany. TJ Matthewson, Dale Hummel with you here in studio. Apologies, sickness really just taking me here. I got to call a Oregon State soft, soccer game in about uh, 13 and a half hours. So we're going to go home and we're going to recoup as fast as possible. Oregon State and Stanford tomorrow at Paul Lorenz Field uh, at 12 o'clock. That should be a fun one. Uh, Still some more text to get to, but Dave from Tumwater has called in on the Downward Dog phone line, and we will go up north to Tumwater. Dave, how are you? Uh, Good, TJ. Uh, It's nice uh, uh, meeting you today at the uh, tailgate show before the game. Um, Well, for the second week in a row, I... um, I give the coaching staff very high marks. I mean, I thought they came up with uh, an excellent uh, game plan. Uh, they uh, they kind of let uh, Goldblatt and they let a little line out to use a fishing metaphor, give him a little bit more to work with. I think uh, he has made a significant improvement in his game over three games. He was feathering in DJ some beautiful passes. Yes, in he was critical in critical down-and-distance situations. Um, I mean, his best throws were at the point in the game where the game was still, if not exactly in doubt, it certainly wasn't a done deal. And so I think the offense is beginning to find its identity. I mean, I don't like usually talking in those terms, um, uh, but uh, uh, better run-pass balance. I think uh, uh, was evident tonight, and uh, you know, I, 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 I always enjoy listening to uh, Jim Wilson uh, uh, talk and and his analysis. And uh, I heard that little byplay he had with Mike. I don't think. Uh, I think. Well, I, I don't want to be unkind. I, I don't want to be critical. I think Oregon State has its starting quarterback going forward here. I know Jim said something during the game I had my earbuds on, and Mike kind of, uh, I don't know if he took exception to it, but tried to correct the record by saying, well, you mean as if to suggest Chance Nolan's not coming back. And I'm not saying he isn't, but uh, you've seen enough progress and improvement from week to week in Ben's play, that I think um, he's he's going to be the guy going going forward, uh, even if uh, Chance Nolan gets off uh, the injured list. So, uh, so bottom line, uh, the offense is uh, uh, has begun to narrow the gap between its level of play and the defense. Defense has been exemplary, uh, really, all year long. Uh, and uh, and I thought uh, special teams was uh, was very good. Those kicks 
into the that little narrow corner of the uh-huh. end zone. That is very hard to do, TJ. And uh, and and those kicks were just at the exact right spot, deep enough so as not to be returned uh, in in place. So you don't get the penalty. So all all three phases of the game, I thought were uh, were, um, were very much in order. And again, I th- I think the coaching staff has really calibrated this team's performance. I, I was two last points, TJ. Glad. Yep. Um, uh, Oregon State covered. I don't usually pay a lot of attention to that because somebody texted me uh, who's a better saying, do you think the Bees could cover tonight? And I hemmed and hawed, and, I, and I'm balanced. I said, yeah, they had the revenge um, uh, effect. There other things going for them. Uh, same fellow texted me after the game. He's a Husky fan, and this will be a, 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 my last uh, observation. Kind of a look forward. Big Husky fan. Follows college football. He says Oregon State will beat UW by ten points when they play up there in two weeks. Okay, <clears throat> well that's um, sounds good, right? Yeah, it 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 does. Yeah. Well, um, Dave, I'm. I, I I think I've made this my my stance on this subject before. I'm sure you're going to guess what it is. I I don't think the Beavers are as good of a football team if. Uh, if Chance Nolan is sitting on the bench, I don't. I don't think they will win in two weeks if Ben Goldbranson starts up on a Friday uh, at Husky Stadium. That maybe Ben Goldbranson a year from now will be better than Chance Nolan. That's entirely possible. I think he has all the tools to do it. But watching the offense, I think right now, if you're in, if you're facing a better roster, a better coach team on the other side, I just don't think uh, the the redshirt freshman really really has the, the what they need, that that next step uh, to win a game on offense by himself. But that's just what I think. Well, you know, TJ, reasonable people can disagree about things without, without getting upset. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, would say, I, I, I would say the key to the Husky game, uh, a, a victory that is, uh, is, uh, is actually to take the, uh, uh, the game plan from last week against the Cougs. I, I get. I, I think that this is what I meant by by the, uh, the savviness of the coaching staff, and and I'm really borrowing an idea that Jim Wilson propagated. So I'm not crediting myself with any great insight here. But they opened up the playbook a little bit for Ben because they could afford to. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't as much risk in terms of defensive opposition. But here's the thing, TJ. He passed the test, uh, and I and I think passed the test well. Uh, Certainly, in, con- in, in conjunction with uh, his play last week against Washington State, but the but the the, the proof against uh, UW will be to heavily rely on the running game. That'll that becomes in effect. Uh, every play becomes yeah. play action if you're running well, and uh, it also seems like we've got our number one runner. So I just like the direction of things. Uh, uh, with one more win, that is to say, with a win against Washington, it will be incumbent upon us uh, to get our if charts out. And if chart, TJ, this is a bit of arcana from uh, 19, early 1960s NFL broadcasting. And if chart is when you say, well, if our team wins and that team ties and the other team loses, where do we end up? Because as we were talking in the tailgate show, one more win. And then you can easily see uh, Oregon State uh, go- going into the, I'll call it, the Civil War um, with nine wins. And uh-huh. then the question becomes, what other combination of circumstances has to result in Oregon State getting to the championship game? One of the things that's in my preliminary if chart, just as I've been driving north, and by the way, Paul, I'm in Chehalis, um, uh, w- one of the things... Uh, I, it's kind of counterintuitively, TJ. I think Oregon State has got to want Oregon to win. They have to have, Oregon has to lose one conference game, but otherwise win. And I think with with, uh, uh, with another SC loss, uh, I think Oregon will beat Utah. I think that'll take care of Utah. Anyway, that's why you create a NIF chart. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of spitballing it here, but one more win, and then in November we'll get our if charts out. 
Yeah, I think that sounds like a good plan and definitely a good show subject during uh, during November. I think that'll be good. It'll be good enter- uh, entertaining, but they you're right. They have to beat UW first. That, that, that ceiling that they have to hit, that requires a win up in Seattle on Friday. And it's going to be tough. They're going to need to keep Michael Penix on the sideline as long as possible. Got anything else, Dave? No, that's it. Have a nice uh, night, everyone. And uh, TJ, again, nice to meet you. Have a, uh, have a good week. I appreciate it, Dave. Always good talking with you here on the Sherwin-Williams-Beaver postgame call-in show. We are out of breaks, but let's go through some text before we wrap it up here tonight. Oh, one last call sneaking through. How about that? We'll get to some text while Dale answers that. Uh, Mark and Corvallis texting in. Why do you think Bolden gets so few targets? Um, I don't know. I think they just, the game plan must have just been to just spread the ball out. Again, facing an opponent like Colorado, you can afford to do something like this. And as we know, I think like Oregon State's not an offense that's going to target a player 15 times. They're not going to do that. They're not going to pull a 2020 Alabama and say, hey, Devontae Smith, you're going to get 20 touches a game no matter what. 2025 as a wide receiver. That's that's not going to happen. Um, And that that's really from my two years of watching this team closely, two years, year and a half. Uh, that they just don't do that. But I, I do enjoy it when Silas Bolden gets the ball. I think he's a very good receiver, and he got a touchdown tonight. Do we even have a DB's coach? Actually, two of them. Uh, so many unsportsmanlike and interference penalties. Well, that just happens when egos clash. Heat of the battle. Uh, Washington probably won't help us much nef- next game with so many drops. A third-string running back and really sub-bar QB play much of the game. Thank you, Mark, in Corvallis. Uh, Thomas in Corvallis texting in Colorado would be stupid not to go after Brian Lindgren as head coach, given his connection to the program. We talked to Brian Howell on the program earlier this week, and he said that it just, it, he wouldn't be a first choice because they kind of just let him go there at Colorado. Um, and again, maybe he learned something evolved as a head coach. I think we talked about this on the tailgate show earlier today. He evolved as a head, uh, as a, as a position coach, but um, um, as a head coach, I, I don't think the Buffs fans are, are dying to have him back again. Brian's a great guy. Love interviewing him uh, during media scrums during the week. He's a super nice guy. Uh, but it, what it sounds like is there's just not a whole lot of interest, even though he played there. Um, however, our program momentum and Goldbranson as a freshman coach lingering will do much better if he rides it out here for a few years. Yes, I agree with that. Um, thank you for that text, Thomas. Let's see. Who do we got? The uh, Niles from Bell Fountain. Uh, thanks for the entertaining postgame call-in show. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate that. We do this show for you guys. Uh, he thinks Paul should be allowed, uh, allow himself to be optimistic about something sometimes. There you go, Paul. Take note of that. Uh, of course, the rushing yards would be coming against an inferior opponent, but something to be said uh, for what you're supposed to do, and I doubt anyone expected Martinez to have ever in 175-plus yards rushing. I didn't. Uh, inferior opponent or not. Uh, smile about something a minute or two, Paul. Thank you, Niles from Bell Fountain. There you go, Paul. Uh, Andy texting in. He said he liked Paul combining Ryan and I's names. I didn't catch that. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. Paul you're taking some haymakers here, buddy. Man, oh man. Uh, Randy would be a super caller who, imag- uh, who I imagine will have the inside of Merrill in the physical build of Colorado's running back. <laughs> Thank you for that, Andy. Uh, Tyler texting in the tight end at 99 was Marty Maurer. Thank you. Um, Silas Bolden, not a true freshman. He's a sophomore, actually. I When I meant that texter here, uh, Merrill. Thank you, Merrill. Um, I meant that as Ben Goldbranch in a red shirt freshman threw Silas Bolden the touchdown. That's what I meant on that. And then Dev uh, texting in. Uh, no one is a better quarterback. Goldbranson will be a good backup. Maybe a better than good backup. I don't know. I just want to see the training wheels come off. We saw it a little bit tonight, but it still was a very cons- more conservative offensive approach. Not totally, but it, it was there. But you played to the strengths. Colorado, a poor run defense. You ran the ball for 270. And most importantly, you got the win. On a bye next week, there will be no Beaver postgame call-in show next Saturday. I will gladly not be sitting in the studio at 1045 at night. I do enjoy this show. Sometimes it gets a little late, though. Um, We'll be back on Friday, a week from Friday, after the Husky game. What time's kickoff? 
So I remember looking at this schedule and it said five o'clock. I swear it said five o'clock, but it is now 730. <sighs> Which we let out a sigh. <laughs> that's going to that, that's going to be a late night for us. A, a, a late night, but nonetheless should be an entertaining postgame call and show what I think is going to be a very good matchup between two six and two teams. Well, who does Washington play next week? Let's see here really quick before we send ourselves off for the night. So Cal probably about to beat um, Cal. Who does Washington play next week? They are. Uh, oh, they're also on a bye next week. So both teams will be on a bye next week. And both teams will clash next Friday at Husky Stadium right on Montlake. It'll be cold. It might be. It might rain. Uh, and it should be two of the better teams in the Pac-12 facing off this year. Should be a fun one down uh, up the road about 280 miles at Husky Stadium in Seattle. Well, that'll do it for us here on the Beaver Post Game Collins Show. Thank you to Dale for helping out again on the phone lines tonight. I'm TJ Matthewson. We'll talk to you next week on the Beaver Post Game Collins Show, 1240 Joe Radio.